Thank you, worship team, as always. Good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody in God's house this morning. So just from one week to the next, we have, like, announcements now. <laughs> I'm not just a space filler. Come on now. Um, but we, uh, we had a board meeting this week, so we, we set some things up, um, you know, for the Easter season and things like that. So this year we are going to be doing, uh, for example, a Good Friday service. So that will be at 630. Uh, so we encourage you to come for that. And uh, then Easter Sunday, we're going to have um, refreshments in the morning. So if you want to come like around 930 or a little bit early, we're going to have some refreshments in, in the fellowship hall before our Easter service at 10. So we uh, just kind of putting that out there, getting it on your radar a little early. Um, but also, um, we're going to be having a membership class. I mean, I always hate this, the sound of that. It's like membership. Why do I need to be a member? Well, it's really an opportunity that we can uh, talk with you and see about how we can partner together for ministry, you know, based on the gifts that you have and, and the needs of the church and just places to, um, to help each other out. And then there's like, you know, voting, you know, for pastors and things like that are are afforded to members. So, um, but anyway, we're going to be having that membership class early April. So just be thinking about that. And if you are interested, you're welcome to talk to Pastor Franklin or me or Judy or anybody, and we'll we'll figure out once we know who's interested when we're going to actually um, do that membership class. And then we have another thing called blessing others. When we when we sold the parsonage recently. I say recently, it took a really long time, but it recently <coughs> closed up. Um, the board decided that we want to give away a tithe from that, kind of the first fruit of that, um, and just be able to bless other others' ministries with, a, you know, 10% of what we receive from that. So we broke it out into, well, one, two, three, four areas. <laughs> um, but part of it is we're going to give an extra support towards the the minister the missionaries that we support, so that kind of an overseas support, something above what we do with our regular missions budget. Um, so that will go in part to missionaries. We're also going to support our district church uh, plant fund. So when somebody is interested in starting a new church. They need help financially, so there is a fund that helps support that, and we want to give to that as a way we can help support other churches, plant churches, right? Go and make disciples of all the earth. Going and making disciples often leads to a need for more churches, right? Or if, if not, because a lot of them don't start with a building, uh, they start with the needs of staff and, you know, just funds to get them going. So we're going to help support that. And then we're also going to support um, the food shelf uh, in Plattsburgh, the Salvation Army food shelf, helping local people. Um, they, they do a wonderful ministry there, and we, we thought as a board that we'd help support that, as well as an additional support to Birthright of Plattsburgh that we support every year anyway from our missions. So we just felt that, um, that we wanted to do an extra blessing for, for those items uh, above what we do for missions every day. So we just wanted to share that with you um, because you're our family, right? So the next thing, um, so that was blessing others. And, you know, we, we always say thank you for your tithes and your offerings. 
which makes all of this stuff happen, uh, which helps support the nursery programs and, and just different things. So we thank you for your tithes and offerings. We thank you for supporting missions. Um, you can designate an amount in missions. And uh, we have, like the Schlegel family is, is an overseas mission that we support. We also support every year um, Global Partners, which is a, a Wesleyan missions organization, and then a few things local, just to give you the context on that. So thank you for that. Did I miss anything, Barb? Not really? Awesome. What's that? There we go. Follow the podcast, yeah. Um, I believe Lorraine is going to bring our scripture, and then Judy is going to bring our message. Thank you. The scripture is John 6, 32 through 35. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it's my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never go thirsty. Thank you, Lorraine. God is good, isn't he? God is so good. Before we turn to the word, let's just ask the Lord to direct our thoughts this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. You know exactly what we need this morning and what we need to hear. And we just pray that you would just come and minister here to our hearts. Draw us closer to you. Accomplish your will and your work here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I've got a lot of sermon notes this morning, but I'm going to be honest with you. The Lord woke me up several times in the night, and he said, simplify. Simplify. <laughs> simplify. I was like, okay, Lord, I'll try to simplify. The portion of scripture we're going to look at, or the portions, are in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, and a lot of it is repetitive. And you know what? Some of us need that repetition. Some of us need to be told the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but we're going to try to break it down and simplify it for us. Let me ask a question this morning. How many of you make homemade bread? Anybody here make homemade bread? Jim does. I see some hands over here. I make homemade bread at least once a week. Um, I use my bread machine to mix the dough. I have to because of a lot of things that took place during open heart surgery I had years ago. I don't have the upper body strength that I need to do all that kneading. So I, I make the dough 
in the bread machine. Then I take it out, divide it into two loaf pans, let it rise in the oven, and then let it bake. And I try to coordinate it on a day when I'm doing homemade soup so that we can have fresh bread with our soup. Can you imagine two loaves of bread at least once a week? For how many years have I made homemade bread? Every once in a while I mix it up because my guys tell me, you know what, Mom? We'd love, we'd love some cinnamon rolls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so once in a while I'll make one loaf of bread and a pan of ooey gooey cinnamon rolls. This morning we had some of our homemade bread for toast. When we get home from church, we're probably going to use some of that homemade bread to make French toast and have some bacon with it. I know I'm making everybody hungry. But you know what? There's only a couple of people, Barbara and Jim, that know where we live outside of a couple of our family members, <laughs> which is probably a good thing because I have everybody showing up at my doorstep wanting that French toast and that bacon. But, but bread is a staple of life, isn't it? And many cultures, bread is a staple of life. As we come to this portion of scripture this morning, a couple of things stand out. One thing it says, the Jewish feast was near. This was in chapter 6, verse 4. The Jewish feast was near. A time of remembrance what God had done back many years ago before in the time of Moses when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And they had a Passover meal with unleavened bread. And then from that time on, they would every year celebrate that Passover, what God had done. But during their wandering in the wilderness, God provided food for them. And that food was what was called manna the bread of heaven. Every day for six days out of the week, God would provide. On that sixth day, he would provide enough for them for that day and for the Sabbath day. But every day they had to go out and gather. God provided. Yes, God provided. But they had to do their part. And they had to follow God's instructions. Anybody that didn't follow God's instructions paid the consequences. They either didn't have enough or the bread would spoil if they brought too much. That was part of the, their history. That was part of what God had done for them, what God had provided for them. And so with that thought in mind, as we come to this passage, we find Jesus taking his disciples and going up on the mountainside. He'd been doing ministry, he'd been healing, he'd been teaching, but he took his disciples up on the mountainside. And the crowd followed. The crowd followed. And Jesus looked out over that crowd and he turned to Philip and he said, well, we've got a hungry crowd here. Where are we going to find the food to feed them? Philip said, I don't know. I'm clueless. There's no place around. And besides, it costs, what, eight months wages? It costs a lot of money to buy food to feed all of these people. Andrew, one of the other disciples, came to Jesus and said, I've got this little lad here. I've got this little lad. He's got five barley loaves and two small fish. 
Now, one thing we need to understand about the barley loaves, they were the bread of the poor. And the loaves were not big loaves of bread. They were probably about the size of our dinner rolls. It was enough for a little boy, a hungry little boy. But Andrew brought him to Jesus, and he said, this little boy has his lunch. But how many will that feed? And he told the disciples to have the people sit down and have them sit down in groups. And he took that little meal and he blessed it and had the disciples hand it out to the people. And I can imagine, I would have liked to have been that little boy, seeing my little lunch being broken and given to a crowd over here, a group of people here, a group here, a group there, and just seeing it multiply. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? But that little lunch fed over 5,000 people. And the amazing thing is, Jesus had the disciples pick up the leftovers, and how many leftovers were there? Twelve basketfuls of leftovers. Twelve basketfuls of leftovers. Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. Only God could have done that. Only God could have done that. But he dismissed the crowd. He dismissed his disciples. His disciples got in a boat and headed across the lake to Capernaum. And Jesus went up in the mountain to pray, to have some alone time. And as it got dark, the disciples were struggling to go across that lake. And you know, they were fishermen. They were used to being in a boat. Don't put me in that boat. I'd be clueless. I wouldn't know what to do. But they were used to being in a boat on the water. But a storm came up, and it got very, 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 very rough. And they were struggling. Jesus came down out of that mountain. And what did he do? Did he grab another boat to get out to his disciples? No, he started walking to them on the water. Anybody here ever walked on water? It doesn't work well. It does not work well, does it? But he walked to them out on the water. And when they saw him coming, they were afraid. They were terrified. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. And Jesus, what did Jesus say to them? It is I, don't be afraid. It is I, don't be afraid. There's a lesson here for us, isn't there? As we go through those storms of life, sometimes we feel like we're all alone. But you know what? We're not alone. He's with us. I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you. And they welcomed him into that boat. And they said, the Bible tells us as soon as they welcomed him into that boat, they reached their destination on the other side. We have a couple of miracles here, the feeding of the 5,000, but we have the miracle of the walking on the water. We have the miracle of them reaching the shore just as Jesus got into the boat. What a miracle. What a miracle. When the people realized that Jesus and the disciples were no longer there, they got into boats and headed to the other side of the shore. They headed over to Capernaum. And when they got to that other side, there was Jesus and the disciples. 
Did Jesus welcome them? Did Jesus welcome them? Let's look at John chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Jesus knew that they were looking for him because he fed them. He met a need. And it seems like Jesus is saying, you know, you're looking for me, hoping that I'm going to keep taking care of you, hoping that I will keep meeting your needs. But there's more to life than that. You know, I make bread every week because we get hungry every week. And we need to replenish the supply. The people were looking for somebody that would come and just take care of them. But Jesus offered them something more, didn't he? Jesus offered them something more. The passage that Lorraine read, John 6, 32, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and who he, he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me, he will, will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. This is an interesting portion of scripture. Jesus is saying to them, I am not just the one who can provide a temporary need. I am the bread of life who can provide all of your needs. And he who comes to me, he who comes to me and feeds on me will be given a lot more than something temporary, will be given eternal life, will be given the hope of heaven will be given that assurance of heaven. But you need to come. You need to receive me. You need to believe in me. You need to trust me. This is amazing, isn't it? They were looking for temporary needs to be met. We see this all around us, don't we? People looking for their needs to be met. And people look in all the wrong places a lot of times looking for those needs to be met. And food, alcohol, drugs, sex, all kinds of things. Just chasing that which will satisfy. But these things are only temporary, aren't they? They're only temporary. They don't truly satisfy. They don't truly meet our deepest needs. 
our eternal need. But Jesus said, I am the wine. I am the wine. I am the bread of life. Come to me. Come to me. And whoever believes in me, I will give him that gift of eternal life. But there's another verse in here that is very precious. Verse 39, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of them, none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. There's another verse that talks about he will never, never turn away those who come to him. Any of you ever been abandoned by somebody who loved you? That's a hard feeling, isn't it? Anybody not be loved by those who are close to you? That's a hard feeling. Anybody here ever been rejected? Ooh, that hurts, doesn't it? That hurts terribly. But Jesus says, all who come to me, I will not turn away. The Father will not turn away. The Father will welcome with open arms. Isn't that wonderful? We don't have to fear as long as we are walking with the Lord, living in obedience to him, trusting him. We don't need to worry about being rejected by him. What a promise. There's a couple of very precious, precious promises here. If we will come to him, he promises us eternal life. He promises us that we will be raised in the last day. He promises us that God will never, never, ever turn away from us. That's beautiful, isn't it? That's beautiful. Wow. God is good, isn't he? God is good. I would challenge you. I'm not going to keep reading here, but I would challenge you at some point later today or this week to go through the whole chapter to mark the word believes, to mark the words eternal life, and to see how Jesus challenges us to believe in him, and that as we believe in him, we will receive something more than just the temporary satisfaction of our earthly needs. He promises to take care of us for all eternity. Today is the first Sunday in Lent. We want to think not just about Jesus feeding the crowd and teaching them that he is the bread of life. We also want to turn our thoughts toward communion and use this as a time to prepare our hearts for the Lenten season. Because Jesus is the bread of life, and I'm going to ask the worship team can come forward. I'm, as the worship team comes forward, Jesus said to the disciples in that upper room, he took the bread that was there from the Passover feast, and he reminded them, this is my body, which is broken for you. He took the fruit of the vine that was there, and he said, this is, represents my blood, which was shed for you. Jesus, the bread of heaven, Jesus, the bread of life, would come, would not just give his disciples the communion elements and saying, this represents me. He would later go to that cross. He would die on that cross. 
He would allow his body to be broken. He would allow his blood to be shed. To visually show his love for us. But in a very real way to say, believe in me. I'm giving my life for you. I, as the bread of life, am giving my life for you. Come, believe, receive eternal life. Wow, what a correlation here. The miracle, the teaching, the Last Supper, Jesus' death on the cross, the hope that we have. It's more than bread to fill our tummies, isn't it? It's something that's going to take care of us for all eternity. This day, as we prepare our hearts to share in communion, I will challenge you. If you've not yet taken that step of believing in him, this is a good time to do it. To finally say, yes, Jesus, I believe you are the bread of life. But more than that, I, I believe that you are the one who died on the cross so that my sins can be forgiven. I believe that you are the one who gives not just life, but eternal life. I believe. And if there is something holding you back, if there are sins in your heart and life that you need to let go of, as you come and receive the communion elements, deposit those at the altar and say, I'm giving these to you, Lord. And as I take this communion, I'm receiving not just the elements, I'm receiving your forgiveness and your love and your grace. If you would like somebody to pray with you, I will gladly pray with you before we come to that point. Or there are others here that will. Just let us know. Let's pray, and then I'll give a little explanation here before you come forward. Heavenly Father, thank you today for your love for us. Thank you for Jesus the bread of life, the bread from heaven, the bread who gives us not just something to satisfy a temporary hunger, but the bread that gives us eternal life, that hope of eternal life. But we are challenged to, to believe, to trust, to receive. Heavenly Father, this morning, if there is somebody who takes that needs to take that step, that your Holy Spirit would just speak to their heart and that they would believe by faith. If there's anything holding anybody back, any sins, anything, Lord, this morning, that they would let go of those, that they would confess them to you, that they would find forgiveness in you so that they can receive all that you offer them. Be with us in these precious moments. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We do have communion elements available. If there is anybody that cannot walk forward to receive them, Jim has some back there. Just raise your hand, and he will gladly bring them to you. But when you get your elements, take them back to your seat and start opening them. They're a little tricky. There's one plastic layer on the top that will reveal the bread, and then you've got to work a little bit harder to get to the juice. I'll take a moment, so once you receive these, take them back to your seat and start working on them. If you need help, there are those who will help you. But feel free to come and receive your communion elements.
that upper room, Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, every time you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. Let us take this bread and let us eat together. And in that upper room, Jesus also took the cup and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, every time you drink this, drink it in remembrance of me. This fruit of the vine represents the blood of Christ that was shed for us on the cross. Hebrews tells us without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. But Jesus shed his blood so that our sins could be forgiven. Isn't that wonderful? And as we drink, let's drink celebrating what God has done through us, through his son, Jesus Christ. Let us drink together. And we're going to close a little bit different today than we normally do. Let's stand together. And I would ask us to join together in saying the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to use the word, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Let us go forth rejoicing. Jesus is the bread of life. He is my Savior. He is your Savior. Because of him, because of him, we have eternal life in his presence forever and ever. Hallelujah. That's something to celebrate, isn't it? That's something to celebrate. Let us go forth rejoicing in him. Amen. God bless you.